You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Connection podcast, Hoops Edition. MWCConnection.com is our website. Um, you can find us at, um, where are we at? Stitcher, iTunes. Hey, we're on YouTube now, if you care to listen that way. It's Ooh. pretty cool. So you can stare at the logo and listen or something. <laughs> People like YouTube, I guess. People do that for podcasts and music, so we're good. And we got Eli, of course, uh, Betker, the, bringing the hoops knowledge. And we're going to talk New Mexico. Because no, why not? Yeah, no more noodles and wise pies. What's the deal? Yeah, noodles, wise pies, pit, arena. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh man! So, if you missed the news, I ha- I, I happen to be awake and just messed around on my computer. This was not people like oh April Fools. Why are they waiting? Because it was literally Jeff Grammer was like, I think the first guy to actually confirm and say it's official was like eleven fifty Pacific time or Mountain time. So minutes before April first. I I think he said it was eleven fifty nine. Oh, he did. Maybe it was. I know it was within ten minutes of midnight. I had already fallen asleep like an hour before, so <laughs> <laughs> I happened to be awake just watching TV and doing stuff. And I'm like, wait, what's this alert on my phone? Wait a minute. Let's get an article up there quickly. Because <laughs> I think I posted something like at twelve forty a.m. Mountain Time. But the reason behind it, people thought it was odd, which you would think on the on the surface it's odd, but. The main issue is his contract re- His contract year starts April 1st. And that would increase a his buyout. Because no matter what, I don't know how... Co- how can I get a job where I get fired and get a good amount of money? <laughs> That's a pretty sweet setup, isn't it? <laughs> Nearly any job in college sports or even pro sports, you're rarely... Because here's the thing. If you have a losing record, like in the NFL, you go 6-10, and 10, you're out. You're not technically fired for cause, but you still get this buyout money or something. <laughs> I I need to get in that bid line of business, man. Oh, man. But <laughs> that would be nice, right? I, I can only imagine making a million dollars for being laid off. I mean, how how happy could you be getting fired from your job? That'd be pretty, seven figures goes a long way to do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he was let go that night. Technically, part um Decided not to retain him, I guess, the official wording. The reason it was before April 1st, because they'd have to owe him an addition, his base salary, whatever's left of it. So say his base salary, while he makes almost a million dollars per year, his base is $300,000 per year. And so had he been fired April 1st, today, let's say April 2nd, April 3rd, he'd been paid a prorated amount of 300 k And as we know, New Mexico is uh, struggling to find some money. Those attendance numbers have declined significantly, but anyway, it's still nationally, the attendance numbers aren't too bad, but for what you would typically expect from New Mexico, it, it sure has hurt their revenue over the last year or so. So why do you think, you tell me first, why do you think he was not retained to come back this year? I know their expectations were not what met due to being preseason three, end up finishing six, first round loss in the tournament, but what's your... What is your insight, or why do you think like we need to go another direction? Well, about 
three or four weeks ago, I want to say, uh, Jeff Grammer tweeted this out, and it was on other sources that Craig Newell would be retained. He would be coaching New Mexico for the 2017-2018 season. So, okay, that make, it makes sense, I guess. It wasn't too big of a surprise. But then you get four transfers that I want to say it amounted to over 30 points per game of production loss per night, and most notably Elijah Brown and Sam Logwood. So you have basically a third of your roster that's gone, and I believe what Paul Krebs said was losing four guys, I mean, that almost equates to a rebuilding season, especially when you're a 17-win team. When you lose four key players, it's almost time to start rethinking things, and then that's why you make the decision to get rid of Neil. Um, but I, I, you know what? If those four players didn't transfer, I think that Neil would still be coaching. And I mentioned this yesterday or the day before that if you're going to rebuild, especially in a, at a mid-major like New Mexico, you have to do it just with all hands on deck. I don't think that. If you want to completely rebuild the roster and still hold on to Craig Neal for a season or two, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Um, so I, I would tend to agree with the decision for the most part. Yeah, and part of it, here's what's... Because there's fan pressure as well for him. Because if you have guys like we even said during our conference tournament preview, if New Mexico gets hot with Tim Williams and Brown, they could make a run and possibly win this whole thing. And and well, they they didn't because they have they have a lot of talent. But here's where I know it's a coach that people are happy with players. All four players who said they're pl- playing on transfer are going to reconsider that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which so they might get them all back. It's not, yeah, it's not the school; it's the coach. Because mm-hmm. had I see Brown, might be a different story because if he can go to because Jeff Grammer said a lot of Pac-12 schools are looking at him, which makes sense. Which could be. He, I bet he could fit it going to any Pac-12 school and maybe be a starter outside of maybe UCLA. Is that you think so? I, I, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Because I know he could start for University of Utah for sure. He'd be the best player at probably nine of the 12 schools in the Pac-12 from day one. Yeah, it might might be. At least over half, I'd say. It takes, half, t- like, takes a ton of shots, though. Yeah, that's the problem. He's like, AI, got but he got to make yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. So he might be the one guy, depending on the coach could be, He just because if he's being wooed by USC or even Cal or Washington or Oregon or something like that, that would be hard to turn down. But if they're, if they're getting a good coach, but it's it's all on Craig Neal, the reason everybody's not everybody decided to leave. And here's an issue. Like we, I mentioned reading, listening to, to a few interviews and then tweets and stuff from Grammar because he's all over this because very good basketball reporter for what he does. Finds good, great info. He talked with Krebs at the Final Four, and bef- but before they kind of speculated, well, the money's going to come from athletics, or he thought it might come from the main campus. Krebs said the money is basically it's going to come from the university or from the athletic department. Here's the problem: they had a, a deficit of one and a half million dollars last fiscal year. Ouch. That's that's rough. That's a lot to overcome. And and how much half you, was it basketball? Yeah, basketball stuff for that. That's brutal. And that you would say would impact the budget for the new coaching search, wouldn't you think? It would. Here's a couple of things it does. First off, um, basketball makes money for them. Usually, football does not, despite them actually being pretty good the past couple of years, two straight bowl appearances. 
um, getting some good victories like Boise State and those type of things with Bob Davey. Here's a couple things it tells me right away. They're not going to get a, a coach that's currently employed at a power conference. And people like people are like, oh, bring Tim Miles back to the league. Well, he hasn't done good things in Nebraska, but he would be owed a decent amount of money for a buyout to do to if you were to bring him in. And New Mexico can't afford a buyout plus salary. And he's and also Tim Miles is not fired yet. He's still the head coach of Nebraska, making good money. You got Tom Crean from Indiana just fired. That's a super long shot. However, my only thing to maybe consider, he was making $4 million per year, got a good amount when he was fired. If he really wants to coach, he has this money to just like, oh, I'll take a pay cut to coach at a decent program. But I think that's like 2% chance of happening. I th- Yeah, I think Crean's a long shot as well. And as far as Tim Miles is concerned, I'd almost be convinced that I'd I'd take Craig Neal over Tim Miles. I <laughs> I I know it's just brutal towards Miles, but I think he's had a similar problem as Eustachy in the sense that he's been able to bring talent to campus, but he's also lost a number of guys to transfers. I know that a lot of coaches across the country have have done the same, just because that's how college basketball is right now. But uh, he's proven next to nothing in his short time at New at Nebraska, even though it's it's a Big Ten, but he hasn't been able to win very many big games while he's there. So that, I, I would not buy that higher at all if I were Paul Krebs. Yeah, it's personality, man. That's what brings, that brings people to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where do you think this job lands when you consider the if, – if, say, they, they keep the salary in the same range, about a million a year, that's about – what it um is like bada or not bada, but about eighty programs pay coaches about a million a year. So it's not like it's it's a huge or it's not like that amount of money's extremely uh, life changing or it's good money, of course. I'm not saying that, but why would a coach maybe take the job just for a slight pay increase when you can go to a school in Missouri Valley and make that same amount of money, possibly? So where do you kind of rank this job? I know there's there's not many jobs open right now. It's uh. Is it probably the best job open at the moment? I don't see any other better job opening up now. But where, like, what's your, where's your like scale of putting this uh, program at of higher ability? Because people nationally st- are still saying it's a pretty good job. Yeah, I think it's a good job. I think Georgetown's definitely Georgetown's an open job right now, so I'd say that one's better. Okay, that's um, correct. I, I don't think there are any other big ones right now. I, you know, Indiana I think, got the, filled quickly, right? Didn't they hire right it away? Did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think New Mexico is still a pretty decent job. It's a team that's been successful in the Mountain West, and I think most coaches recognize that the Mountain West, even though it's been down the last few years, it really isn't that far off from being where it was just a few years ago. Uh, New Mexico's been known to be a pretty solid mid-major job, maybe not in the terms of San Diego State or Wichita State or or those teams, but um, it's it's a decent job. And when Grammar said it, Earlier this week, right after Neil was canned, that and people still view New Mexico as a decent place to either get your career started and trending into the power conference direction, or in the case of maybe Tim Miles or Tom Crean, a place where you can uh, resurrect your career, so to speak, after coaching at a power conference. And it's it's a conference that should be able to get multiple bids in the future. So I think that New Mexico is still a pretty attractive job i think it could be but i think with the mountain west being so down financial issues at new mexico it's probably a peg lower than most people think because 
Do you see them paying their next head coach a million dollars a year? Where's that money coming from? Yeah, I don't. A million, probably, probably not. But under a million, you could get a guy from a mid-low major conference, say Joe Dooley from Florida Gulf Coast is one that comes to mind, and that could be a decent hire because there are a number of guys that have proven they can get to the tournament even in one bid league. So, in terms of value, I think you're looking at a number of guys that could take New Mexico back to where it was when it was Steve Alford coaching. Yeah, I, I think it's everybody's. Let's stick with Dooley because he's. They're at. The, this is kind of the. There's never a good time to fire a coach, but this is possibly the best time. You're at the Final Four. There's probably 80% of the head coaches there from college basketball with their tickets they get. And so Krebs is. They're, they're talking about making a hire this week. I'm like, that seems pretty quick. I don't know if that could be done. Mm-hmm. But there, he's meeting with people in Vegas, or not Vegas, in Glendale and Phoenix to uh, see who, who'd be a good fit. He met with Paul, or. Uh, not Pat, sorry. My autocorrect earlier on Facebook went to Pat Dooley. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I had to go back and change to Joe Dooley. But he, a couple things to him. He only makes about just over 200000 per year. And he's out Florida Gulf Coast. And he kept what Andy Edfeld was doing there. He went to, he's been to four straight tournaments, um, two non-NCAA tournaments, but back-to-back um, big dance. He hasn't won any games, but he's been keeping the program well above average and doing well in their conference and winning it two years in a row. And here's what I like about him. Besides the money, he actually it's actually two hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars is his annual salary plus a potential hundred fifteen thousand for his uh, max bonus. So close to half a million, almost half a million, or just over, yeah, close to half a million for something. But here's the thing: he's been in New Mexico before, a couple years with Fran Fraschella. He was at Wyoming, and then also he spent this is a big deal, a decade with uh, Bill Self up there in uh, this place called Kansas. <laughs> Mark Jock, those guys. It, he's, in a, he's definitely an attractive look right now, and I think in terms of value, it's definitely a, a coach that you want to keep an eye on. I think it's impressive that with Florida Gulf Coast, which is a very new university, I don't think that they've been a D1 program for 20 years yet. Um, with Andy Enfield taking the team to a Sweet 16 as a 15 seed, he bolts to USC, Joe Dooley comes in, and pretty much, uh, he hasn't taken the team to the Sweet 16, but he's pretty much picked up where Enfield left off, and that's uh, very impressive for a team that's coming out of the Atlantic Sun where a lot of there's a lot of turnover in those low-major conferences. So I think Dooley's definitely a decent coach to look at. And you could double his salary with and still pay half, which are, and basically I mean, take care of um, the buyout, which is half a million per, per year for two years. I think it's it's almost worth saying that you could get one of these types of coaches for maybe half a million. You'd think you would say probably yeah. about half a million. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Wouldn't say it's worth spending another four hundred k or three hundred k on a guy that uh, is like Tim Williams or Tom Crean. Is will three hundred k really do you that much? I, I think that you could get a guy with potential, and you could basically be in the same position you would if you were to take a power conference coach that hasn't really done a whole lot the last few years. True. And looking at another guy we're going to mention, we're going to jump around a bunch of guys, but a guy, a name that came to me who, or not came to me, but who I looked at, Kermit Davis of Middle Tennessee State Mets, not necessarily interviewed, but discussed with uh, Krebs there today in uh, Glendale. So far, only Julie's the one we know officially that's interviewed. But I'm looking up his salary right now. I'm looking at the USA Today database here in a second, but an article from the uh, was it the Daily News Journal? You know, come on, stupid 
answer questions or read my article. <laughs> Jeez, uh, whatever. But uh, <laughs> that article mentioned about 500K at Middle Tennessee State. Hmm. And so I'm trying to look at exact because they have the new databases here. But if, would you want to pay him? Because you had to give a payer. It's a better conference than what Middle Tennessee State. They're in the um, CUSA. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Conference USA. I forget that they moved around quite a bit recently, those leagues, those teams. But what he makes, uh, okay, oh, come on, USA Today. Nothing's working for me. How much more would you want to pay him, though? He's actually making, here it is exactly, $579,000 in total pay right now, and then bonus structure, another 171 max bonus. So that would be, I don't know that would be a steep price to pay, but you'd have to pay him at, at least 600000 to get him. And he is a pretty good coach. Back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances, done pretty good things winning the CUSA, but he's been there for, what, 14 years? You gotta consider I, all that. Yeah, I think with Davis, if he's already making nearly six hundred thousand dollars and when he has all of the analysts and all these guys talking about how good middle Tennessee is, I, I'm pretty sure he knows that there will be power coaching openings in the next year or two that will that will open up and definitely give him a look. So I don't know if he would bounce go from middle tennessee to new mexico just for an additional 500 or 50 to 100 thousand dollars i obviously don't know what his preferences are but when he could hold out for another year maybe get middle tennessee to another tournament and then make his way to a power conference yeah and then make his way to a power conference team i think he'd probably opt to do that but i i don't know the guy yeah i don't know my but he could take an sec job perhaps those usually open regularly because he's Mm -hmm. He was at Utah State for two years, so there's some familiarity in Idaho, but he's at LSU for a while. I'm kind of surprised he didn't come up in that search. Has LSU found their man yet? I don't know. Yeah, they got uh, Will Wade from VCU. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Will Wade. Okay. But so I was thinking that could be a possibility. He's been to Idaho. He's been at Texas A&M, a couple of JUCOs. It would probably take eight, 900000 to get him, basically paying what you were Craig Neal. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if he wanted to as well. And yeah, I think you're right with him. He has the chance to. I'm not sure who's coming back because he was basically like looking at it, what he did for the Blue Raiders. Like they in the Sun Belt, they weren't very good. Like he was winning 17 games, 19 games. He finally picked it up at the turn of the decade, where they went to the NIT um, NCAA tournament in the Sun Belt. Then they what did they do? They've done pretty well since then. A couple of tourney bids, but. Eh. He would be a good find for the university because their style of play would people like to watch what Middle Tennessee State does. But again, it's like, is he going to want to take, like you said, a minimal increase just to go to a school that's in a league that gets the same bid you get right now from Conference USA? What's the upside if the Mountain West is getting one bid? That Hopefully it doesn't stay the same, but coaches are going to think that. Yeah, and, and Conference USA has won a few games in the past few tournaments. I... I want to ask you, would you think it's more risky to pay a power conference coach somewhere near $800,000, dollars that has proven it but has fallen off recently, or would you rather opt for going to a rising mid-low major coach and pay him about $500,000, Well, like, do you mean a current, like, one that's employed right now? Just let's go back to Tim Miles, one that's employed. Yeah, yeah. Like, who could he pull away, though? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I said. There's the buyout issue. 
and what they can pay. And there maybe like Tim Miles is a good example, not just because he's in the Mountain West before, but he hasn't done good at color excuse me, at Nebraska. He still has a job, but odds of him lasting after one more year are pretty slim. Yeah, like true. he's not gonna get um Temple's head coach, we're not gonna get him. UConn's fine direct what's his name? Um Kevin Ollie, he's not leaving yep. UConn, even though they played not very good under five hundred season. You can get the Rhode Island head coach. They went to the tournament. I don't I don't think so. That seems like a reach. And Dayton already lost Archie Miller. VC lost their coach. That's the top three at Atlantic there. A ten. You're not gonna do you really want the Pittsburgh head coach? Yeah, well I, he I mean he just took the job there, Kevin Stallings, and he's he's been with power conference coaches for yeah. power conference teams for so long. I don't think that's gonna happen. But you know what I mean, like those type of jobs, like you're looking at guys like Miami Wake Forest, uh, Georgia Tech. You want to go to TCU? Why do you? I don't want the TCU's head coach. Yeah, uh, it, I mean Jamie Dixon's been doing pretty well, but yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, it's difficult though. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. Like is that, is that could get your team excited for a team. You're taking a coach that yeah, TCU did go to that night and win the whole thing, but Shaka Smart, not that he's going anywhere. Texas was 11 and 22. If you go to the Big <laughs> East, you want ex- Marquette's head coach that went 19 and 13, or Penn State's coach 15 and 18. It's like, come on. I don't think, not just money, but that doesn't excite me just to get a coach because just because they coach in a big-time conference doesn't mean they're a good coach for your school. Mm-hmm. I would say I, my number one choice is Dooley because the, Mex- the style of play at Florida Gulf Coast is pretty exciting, clearly. Well, what did that guy say? I need to give him credit. Dunk a Berkey or something? What was it? <laughs> yeah, well, I dunk, dunk a Kirky. <laughs> yeah, I got to find that. That's perfect. <laughs> so you got Dunk City there. Oh, where'd it go? Mm-hmm. Yep, here's your tweet, powered by MWC Connection. <laughs> Dunkapakirki, New Mexico. Why is Pizerina at the pit in Dunkapakirki, New Mexico? Oh, that's perfect. That would, that's pretty funny. But I, it's not that he necessarily bring that style, but that type of pace, people, because in New Mexico, there's nothing in town. People don't go to the football, even though their football team's good, and I actually like their style of play. It's always been a basketball town, first and foremost, forever. And if you bring that style of play for an up-tempo type game, and that probably would entice to bring back a couple of those transfers. And so he would be my top choice overall. Kermit Davis would be pretty good, but I just don't think he'll leave his current situation. And who else Who else names got tossed out there? You saw Scott Cross from UT Arlington could be interesting. They had a deep run, and they won the um, Sun Belt regular season. They, without their best player, made a good run, or second-leading second scorer in NIT made a run pretty far. And so that's the other name that's popped up. Um, uh, Dooley just makes too much sense for me. What do you Is think about that obvious? Romar? What about him? You know him more than I do. Washington head coach. Would he yeah. would he be willing, or would they want him? I for recruiting, that's a pretty that's a slam dunk right there because Romar can land just about anyone he wants to. But the problem, just like it was for Dave Rice, how how well can he actually coach the game of basketball? So that's hard. He can get the players there. I don't know. I don't know what Romar would decide because he's been with Washington so long. Um, it's it's tough, but he's kind of in a similar situation as Tim Miles. Well, except he's not. He's fired though. That's yeah, the, yeah. Like, I don't know. There are other names I tossed out. Like I put a list out there from what I looked at and what others did. And we've already mentioned, like Dooley mentioned, um, Kareen, Miles. Shoot, who else do I have here? Uh, Richie Theus. He seems uh, to find his name I, for every position. I heard I, – that's not something I put out there, but I've heard of that. And 
here's the thing. You cannot deny what he did at New Mexico State for those couple of years Yep. Um, for coaching. However, there's a lot of other issues with him. A lot of other issues. Big time. He, and he's also not doing good things at NC or um, not NC State, but uh, Cal State Northridge. He was with the Kings for like a minute. So he, he, I can see the intrigue, but I don't see that being a, a realistic option. He'd be cheap, I bet. Yeah, you'd think so. I don't know why he seems to be rumored for every single job that opens up. It's kind of bizarre. The only reason here because he's NMSU, and which makes a lot of sense regionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, people mention Mark Fox. He's not leaving Georgia. Even though nope. he hasn't been done great. One name is interesting, Mark Gottfried, who just mm-hmm. got like of NC State and also coached Alabama. That could be an interesting name, but I don't know how bad New Mexico fans would want Gottfried. Yeah, he didn't do good and he was at not Maryland, but um, NC State's not an amazing basketball program at the moment, but did go he did go to a pair of sweet sixteens. It is you know, mm-hmm. you know what name we haven't heard? Who wants every? Who wants a job more than Reggie Theus? Or yeah. attached? Tell you know you get, you're gonna tell, you got to know this name before I give it to you. He's always pon- posturing for a college basketball coaching job. He's coached on both East and West Coast of late. Been mm-hmm. on TV. Oh, it's Steve Lavin. Yes, impeccable hair, Steve <laughs> Lavin. Where's his name? <laughs> oh my gosh! I, someone wrote a little bit about him. I don't know whether it was. Uh, Supposed to be in a, in a joking sense. Yeah, he he's, seems to find his name on just about every other coaching rumor, too, but he seems to keep quiet for the most part. Is he not do? He's not with ESPN at the moment, is he? I he's believe just kinda he still out. is. He still is? Mm-hmm. I don't watch ESPN. He's from time to time. Yeah, I probably shouldn't anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> I just know he was with St. John's recently, and he was with ESPN in between. So I – Here's a poll that they put on the Albuquerque Journal. A couple names out there. A few I didn't mention. Um, I guess this guy, James Burrogo, he's an Albuquerque Academy alumnus, Spurs assistant. So you got the NBA connection there. Um, people mentioned Larry Shiat, but I don't see that being a possibility too much. He was a Wyoming head coach and former Lobo assistant. Uh, there's Reggie Theus. Why not take Paul Weir from New Mexico State? Eh, I uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> There's some interest in Ryan Miller, I guess, former UNM and UNLV assistant coach, now TCU assistant. Uh, I guess the Mark Fox thing, because Eastern New Mexico player, and was at Nevada. Michael Cooper, do you want Coops coaching the team? Mm. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I, one other, there's one other name. Danny uh, Granger, he wants a job. Danny Granger, oh my gosh, that would be a quick turnaround <laughs> from pro to college coaching. And then, real, real quick on the poll, any of these three, and these all seem terrible. Dave Bliss, no, never. <laughs> Fran Fischel is too old, calling international basketball games in a small studio. Fran Fischel, oh my gosh. And then uh, Richie McKay. I can't believe you have Fran Fischel on the list. I can't believe you have Dave Bliss on the list, come on. Oh, man. Uh, a couple other names that were listed by KRQE, I think this is the Albuquerque... Local. Yeah, KQRE. Yeah. Uh, they have Johnny Brown, who is a Lobo forward. I believe he's an assistant at Incarnate Word right now. So that probably wouldn't be a major hit from most people, but that's a name that's out there. Uh, uh, Chris, yeah, Chris Walker, who is an assistant from New Mexico from 2007 to 2009. He's a CBS analyst right now. Um, if, if you want to dive into the analyst pool, I guess there's at least three names there. Doug Gottlieb wants a coaching job pretty bad. 
Oh my gosh, he he sure does, doesn't he? He got a new job at Fox Sports One. Let me interview for the Oklahoma State gig. Oh God, leave! I don't know what to think about that guy. He's an interesting fella. <laughs> I I. I just think I, I like the list that um, Graham works. He knows the Lobo is a little, but well, not a little bit, much better than us. There's some other names on there, like former player. How often does that work out too well? Mm. Especially mm-hmm. when it's little to no coaching experience. That's uh, that's a big big risk if they want to try that. And I don't think I don't think right now is the time to make a huge risk when you have financial issues that are pretty relevant relevant right now. Yeah, so if we're going to make a pick now, first off, I know they want to hire sooner than later because of the players transferring. What's, what do you think a time frame would be for a new coach? A week? Two weeks? Mm, I think a week might be, even though they're trying to get interviews right now, I think a week probably is pushing it. I would say within two to three weeks. I think I think it might be done by a week from today. Today right now being April 2nd, I think it would be done by Sunday, April 9th. Wow. So, what, just eight, nine days without a coach? That wouldn't be too bad. Too bad, especially if they want to keep those guys. That's why I think there's a rush on this. Oh, that is true, yeah. Especially if you want to somehow keep... I don't know. I would say Brown's least likely to return. I bet the other three do return. I think it's a decent chance. But if Brown's getting calls from UCLA or Oregon, even Utah, who's been up or down in the Pac-12, they could be losing their best player in Kyle Kuzma. has put his name in the draft and two players just transferred. He could go in there and be their number one player from day one. If you're number one player in the Pac-12, and you can, Utah is a top top. They're a top, well, top third team in the Pac-12. They're a decent team usually. Like I'll use that term loosely at the moment because Pac-12 wasn't great this year, <laughs> but they did they did contend for a top four seed uh, by the tournament. I think that's reasonable for them. And if he's a guy that could score a lot, there's teams like the Pinches calling. You know, if it's Cal or Oregon State, probably probably not. But I think within a week there's going to be a coach because they already have the interim in place. There's a team meeting on Tuesday, so I doubt a coach will be hired by Tuesday. But who's your guy? If you're going with the guy right now, who who are you taking? I think Joe Dooley would probably be a pretty solid pick, at least in terms of value. Uh, I think that New Mexico will try to get at least a look at maybe a powered conference coach, maybe Romar, maybe Miles. I think Crean's definitely a reach. Um, I, I think Dooley's probably your best, but I haven't heard that... You said Scott Cross was planning on getting interviewed, or he was down what there? What it or? was, it's from Lobo Lair. They got a bunch of stuff. They know some people, but they said that Scott Cross, not an interview, but like had a conversation with Krebs. The only interview we know is um, Joe Dooley. Hmm. Okay, well, that's. I guess that's the only thing we can really base it off of right now. I would probably go... Joe Dooley, if I were in charge of this, I think there are just so many risky choices that you could make right now that could just completely plummet the program, and you definitely don't want to do that. Here's one thing: like guys from Lobo they're pretty connected. They got a text from a coach saying basically Scott Cross is the complete opposite of Craig Neal. Yeah, he's basically comfortable in his skin, uh, very very strong in his faith, doesn't curse, not a jokester, family guy, and one heck of a coach. Stay won't be flashy. Doesn't deviate from the plan, and he's the, the most drama he's probably ever had is if Pizza Hut accidentally gave him a pepperoni and not a sausage pizza. <laughs> I just saw it. <laughs> oh man! So I, I can, you could see him because his salary is not amazingly high. And well, I didn't look that one up, but I'm pr- 
pretty sure it's if you're in a Sun Belt at UTA, yeah, probably not making bait. Probably in the same range of uh, Dooley, but I would. Boy, the only thing with Cross, he, he looks to be a great coach. It the only few issues I would say because before we started the show, or maybe I mentioned on the show, I forget. He went to a JUCO in Texas, played at UT Arlington, was assistant the day he graduated, but and has been the head coach there from day one for about a decade. Which is not a bad thing. He's doing good enough to keep his job and his alma mater, but he's only had one ever college coaching job at a minor conference. I don't know if that means that he... Well, obviously, he'd probably like it if he's going to stick there for that long, but I don't know if that means that he doesn't really want to move because you'd think uh, he's done some decent things at Arlington. He probably would have made it a switch by now. So I, it might take a lot to entice cross to come coach in albuquerque we'll see well a couple things with that arlington's right near dallas and so he's pretty good recruiting area if you're in texas especially that part but here's the thing as well uta they haven't they've only been in the sunbelt for a couple years they were back in the southland from 06 to 12 they spent one year wandering in the WAC, 2012 2013 and they've been in sunbelt since uh 13 to 14 and he's only been to two NCAA tournaments or no only one excuse me Back in 07-08, his second year, he won the uh, Southland 21-12 with a losing record, by the way, so he won the conference tournament <laughs> <laughs> with that. He's finished – his best finish was this year by far. Outside of this year, his best finish was one third – or excuse me. He, they, sorry, back in 11-12, um, and 12, he won the regular season for the Southland but lost the tournament so much NIT. They went 15-1 that year. That's got to suck. Just like this year, I guess. They go 14-4, win the conference – and lose to one of the better players, but he's only had two conference champions and championships in a decade. So, and his overall winning percentage is okay. He has two hundred four wins to one forty eight losses. So there is concern. I think the reason he doesn't hasn't had a big time job or a better job because you're in this lower level conference and he's had up and down success. Like year one, like here's his win total, 13, 21, 16, 16, 13, 24, 19, 15, 16. It's kind of bouncing around. So, so if you're at that level, usually coach, coaches from other program or ADs, presidents from a bigger program, typically either want to see you do great one year and say tournament one or two or have a couple years of success. And he's had two years of success, and so that's probably why he's getting closer looks. But I think that's why he hasn't really gotten an offer before because the conference he played in – and he's always kind of been finishing middle of the pack nearly every year in this conference. Yeah, that, that's a little concerning when you have those 13, 16, 17, 13 win totals out of the Sunbelt Conference. And just with knowing Southland the... Conference. Mac- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and Southland, too. Uh, but, I mean, if New Mexico fans are fed up with Neil when he's winning 17 and 18 games and has a realistic shot at winning the Mountain West auto bid I think it would be as bad or even more so if Cross comes and he's only racking up 13 14 15 wins um, but I, I they'll definitely find someone with a different personality than Neil with with these guys and maybe they're maybe they think Cross is fits what direction they want to move the UNM program in but I don't know I I probably put my eggs in the basket of Joe Dooley at this point that's what I'm going with, too. I'd go with Dooley, number one. If it's not Dooley, like, honestly, I think it'd be hard to screw up with getting Dooley to come to New Mexico. Because you could double his pay, 
right off the bat, right off the bat, it's a big deal. I'm just saying, Florida Gulf mm-hmm. Coast isn't near Miami. Is that correct? South Florida, right on the beach I, somewhere. I don't know what, yeah, yeah, we I think so. The, I don't know what city it is. We've seen those photos from the dorm dorm rooms. I look out to the beach, <laughs> but kind of kind of expensive to live there. But double the pay, a bigger challenge. I I think I think it'd be hard to screw that higher up if that's your guy. And he's already been there for four years, UNM assistant from '99 mm-hmm. to '02, so he's already been there before. If it's not him, I don't know who it'd be. Maybe I might cross a little bit. Um, Kermit would be okay, but the pay's an issue there because of what he already makes, and why would he leave just for that? I don't know who would. It, so if it's not Dooley, who would be your number two guy? Yeah, that's hard. I. Danny Granger, come on, say it. <laughs> oh gosh, you know what? He's he's probably more knowledgeable than some of these guys on the list, just in terms of basketball. But no coaching experience is concerning. I think that for the conference's sake, if they could even speak to Romar and try to get him to come down and coach in Mexico, I'd be, just knowing how well he can recruit, that would be pretty solid. I I just don't see them landing a power conference coach though, so that's that's difficult. Maybe Larry Scheid isn't as far off as we think. I know that you probably don't think that that's likely, but he's bounced around a little bit. Wouldn't be a bad idea. I just don't think he's going to end up being there. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see that one either. It's it's hard. It's hard to pick this. Two other names really quick that I mentioned on my list, two Big West coaches. Jim Les, UC Davis, Russell Turner, Irvine, both were in the running at some level for the Cal job. And they've done okay in the big west Les has a was was in the nba for almost a decade player but has hasn't done great overall at uc davis i don't know why he's considered for that job his overall record coaching 87 to 104 ouch yikes and then with turner he's gone five straight postseason tournaments with just one ncaa tournament bid so it's my number two i would have i might actually go scott go to uta's number two or maybe okay, maybe I know Mark Godfrey's Godfrey to reach, but just even though he's not coached at the moment, he may want to take some time off for at least a year to figure out what he wants to do. But I think you know Scott Cross would be my number two choice because I've seen them play twice this year. I know it's only twice. They play a fairly exciting brand of basketball, like to push it, shoot three pointers. Dude, that fit in Elijah Brown's wheelhouse right away, man. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh, he'll be coming back. Yeah, UT Arlington is a really good team this year. Too bad they didn't reach the tournament. I think as far as just choices, if I had to power rank all these guys, I think Tom Crean would definitely be number one. I mean, this is a this is a guy that had Indiana in the top five in the national rankings just a few years back, and I thought he got fired much earlier than he should have. Uh, I don't. I have no idea if they'll be able to land an interview with him. I I would doubt it at this point, but. Uh, that's that's probably a pipe dream, actually. Mm-hmm. So you go with Lorenzo then? That makes sense. That's not a bad move. Yeah, I, I would say so. I think Lorenzo is probably a solid number two for this job, but I don't know if that's going to happen just because he has a similar thing going on that he's been with his with his Huskies for about I want to say fifteen years. So that's a guy that's been comfortable in the same house for quite a while. All right, since we're doing this Sunday night, got the Final Four tomorrow, championship game. Who are you taking, Gonzaga or North Carolina? Well, this is the difficult thing. So 
Gonzaga, you know, I like the Bulldogs and have been pulling for them for most of the year. That's a team that I'm rooting for, but I have North Carolina winning in all of my brackets, and I'm <laughs> right at the point where if North Carolina wins, I'll probably be making making some cash. But I, I have to stick with Gonzaga, and I think the I think Gonzaga wins tomorrow. I think they have too many big guys, man. They just kept p- pushing it down low and just dunking and dunking and layup. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. how, how do you let the, I'm watching this game like the last five or six minutes. I was really paying attention. I'm like, how do you let this guy who's 300 pounds and a beard that's probably tickling your ear every time, every chance he gets, how does he get behind you? How is he tiptoeing behind the backboard or not the backboard, but to get back behind you to a layup or a, like an alley-oop essentially? How is he's, those post passes happening? He is, but I'm like, how do you let him get behind you? He should never get behind you. I'm seeing guys trying to front him. I'm like, I get the point of fronting him because if they do a high pass, you might be able to jump or it's just awkward if you're that close to the rim or something to try to get that type of pass. But I would, ra- I don't know, man, I'd rather po- get behind him and have help from the top, up top. But just watching that play after play, I'm like, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, and he can't elevate more than three, four inches off the ground, too. That's all he needs, <laughs> man. When, That's when, all he needs. <laughs> when, yeah, yeah, when he's planted, he's he's sticking there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with you. I like Gonzaga, Gonzaga just because. However, here's the downside of Gonzaga winning for me in my day job. <laughs> BYU beat Gonzaga. And there's going to be some insufferable BYU fans talking about, we beat the national champions. We beat the Zags. The only loss, too. <laughs> How about that? And oh, so I'm man. like, that's the only downside. I'm like, that's they're going to, some, some, not all, some will be insufferable and take pride in that. It's like, it's cool the conference wins and all. The national title from the West Coast haven't done it, or at least when Bill Russell was there. So it's been a while. Have you that. already heard things like that from BYU fans? A little bit. I've seen a little bit. Yeah. Or people projecting that could be the case. And I want to put it past a couple of people to mention that. So we'll see how that goes. But that that's what we got for tonight. We'll be talking. Uh, we'll probably have another hoop show or two to talk about next year, obviously. Um, coaching moves, transfers, the NBA draft. But that's what we got for this evening. Craig Nils out. Lobos, so far they're keying on, on Dooley because he's the only interview they've had so far. And Glenn Dodd expect. I don't know what you can do Monday because you get the game. I know Sunday was a big day, but there could be a couple tomorrow. We'll look out for that. But check us out, mwcconnection.com. We're on a sound – or not SoundCloud. Maybe SoundCloud. We'll see if I put it up there. Stitcher for sure. iTunes, uh, YouTube, your favorite podcast app, Blog Talk Radio. But thank you for uh, hanging out and listening to us tonight for about 45 minutes. And uh, hope you have a good Final Four weekend and or Monday night, I guess. What's your – really quick, Eli, what's your food of choice Monday night for the tournament? I think Anything I'm going to try to pick up a pizza on the way home. I, I was surprised because I thought the game was going to start about 5.30. It's actually 6.20 local. So I have enough time oh, to pull out, a, pull out a class, pick up a pizza on the way home, and then enjoy the game. So that'll be fun. Why is it so late? I don't Not know, late for but, you or me, but... Yeah, that, that would be awful. I can't imagine watching... Well, I can because I... Yeah, I you do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would stay up enough to watch it, but starting the game at 9.30 local time, that... For national championship, that's pretty brutal. It's late for those out there. But all right, well, that's our show for tonight. We'll see you next time and look for something next week or two. And uh, we'll see when the Lobos have a new coach. So I guess I have to say it because we're biased against your team. Are we biased against the Lobos this episode? Is that how it goes? I think so. I think right. so. That, that works. Sorry, Lobos fans. We're biased against your team tonight. <laughs>